Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone with computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? This is The Dime. This week, we have a very special guest, Ben Aronowitz. Ben, we are honored to hear, have you here as one of our first guests. This week, we're talking about data and dispensaries. Cannabis, like virtually every other industry, is taking a massive step forward as it learns more from data. In, in U.S. states where cannabis is legal, whether it's medical or recreational, data is providing insights. A recent Forbes article explains that by collecting data and investing in analytics, cannabis retailers can comply with state regulations, modernize their inventory management practices, and boost their bottom line. Then, quick question for you. How can data be beneficial for dispensaries? Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me. It's a big fan of the podcast, big fan of you guys, so I'm stoked to be here. Um, Great question, and I think what we've seen this year as far as uh, the COVID-19 pandemic leading dispensaries to bring more of their business uh, online to focus more on e-commerce as opposed to in-store sales has actually sort of opened up this new sort of window of opportunity for these dispensaries to have more insight into how their consumers are interacting with their inventory. Uh, When the majority of sales were occurring in store, you really have, you, you can look at sales as a uh, sort of the sort of guiding light as, as far as which metrics, which products are, are really resonating with your shoppers. However, when you bring uh, more of your, your transactions online, you can obviously measure more of the interaction. So you can understand what are people searching for? What are people clicking? How much time are they interacting with, with uh, my product cards? So, really just allowing dispensaries to to better understand how shoppers are engaging with their products, engaging with their inventory, and ultimately what leads to conversions. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Kellen, from a science background, do you agree with those standpoints? What's your your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, mean, the huge push in machine learning and all these other um, applications for data is – it's changing the whole world, right? Like Amazon, I, I heard they're pretty valuable recently. I, just, <laughs> I might've heard that, right? And I think the core of Amazon is all based on mathematics, statistics, probability. It just comes from Jeff Bezos's background at B.E. Shaw and kind of that whole quant trading application to the consumer market, right? So I completely agree with everything uh, Ben said. I mean, there's just so much value and information that gets lost if you're not, uh, if you don't have eyes on that kind of information. There's definitely value, right? Like, uh, I think everyone's on the same page that there's value in the data, but what kind of data should they be collecting? Should, do you think that they should bring in outside firms or bring someone, bring someone internally? Like, how should dispensaries approach something like this, Ben? So, ultimately, 
while there are these other metrics you can look for, uh, all, of, all of these data points you're gonna be analyzing as a dispensary should be focused on increasing your conversion rate. So when someone lands on your menu, how likely are they to convert? And there's a number of different factors that go into driving up conversion rate, but it, it involves being, being scientific about it, running some tests, understanding, okay, which brands are resonating with my shoppers? What sort of messaging on my menu is leading to more engagement? What are people searching for? Do I have a lot of people searching for uh, CBN edibles? If so, I, I want those insights to inform my buying strategy, right? So it's, it's about understanding what your shoppers are looking for and using that to optimize your menu to drive up conversion rates by also informing your buying strategy to make sure you have the products available that your folks are looking for. I think that's a great point. And I'm just going to ask for the, the brands that I know that follow us because I can already feel the, the messaging coming. They're going to say, Ben, I want to know how I can improve my brand to resonate with these shoppers. Do you have any suggestions? Does any ideas come to mind? What can we do in order to improve our opportunity to be in front of these, these users? Well, depending on the market, you could be one brand, uh, one skew amongst a sea of hundreds, if not thousands. So what's important is having a relationship with these dispensaries. So you don't just want your, your dispensaries to carry your product. You want them to promote your product, elevate it to the top of your, their menu. So they don't have to, uh, users don't have to search and really dig through hundreds of products to find your SKU. So one way to do that is by uh, just having strong relationships with your dispensary partners. Uh, the other is really building your brand. There's audience data out there that is filled with different sort of levels of cannabis consumers. So you have the high intent cannabis consumers, cannabis interest, and those are the folks you want to drive to your website where you should have some strong branding. Uh, ideally, just tell your story. Why is someone going to want to buy your product? If you have a unique feature in your carts or if you are a niche edible uh, category, why do you want, why would a shopper want to check out with your products in their cart? So you want to drive folks to your website to educate them. And ideally you would have a way to, to send traffic to a dispensary from your website, some sort of where to buy function, uh, while also maintaining those strong relationships with dispensaries where the actual transactions occur. So you're put in the best sort of uh, real estate for those shoppers to come find your products. I think it's a great point. Kellen? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, I think it's a really well articulated because it's, it's almost like the 21st century of the eye level aspect in a, a grocery store, right? Like you see that, I mean, I don't know if it, it's probably still a thing, right? Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, brand... it's definitely a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like brands pay significantly more to like distributors such as like Safeway or Walmart to have their product on that middle shelf that the consumer as he's walking it just is happens to be right there on the middle shelf that they have to look at so like mm -hmm. this is the exact same concept but just applied to the digital world that we live in right exactly and and those those distributors those brands aren't paying for that real estate because they just think it's 
going to be good for their business. That's a data-driven decision. They've seen that those, that shelf leads to, again, to bring it back to conversion rates. If your products are on that shelf, that eye-level shelf, you're going to sell more products. Same sort of thinking can be applied to the, the e-com space. That's awesome. So, I mean, what other um, kind of metrics and data can they potentially pull out of being able to, so putting it into the, the right real estate to uh, facilitate conversions, but is there other data that is important to driving those conversion rates? Is, is price point something that's heavily associated with those conversion rates as well as real estate? Is there another variable that you think is uh, just as important? So price is definitely um, a factor. And as opposed to more traditional CPG industries where uh, folks may be more brand loyal, I buy Colgate because I've been buying Colgate for years. Why It's not something I think about on a regular basis. There isn't the same sort of brand equity in cannabis yet. I foresee that changing as we shift more to, I guess, more adult use markets, more destigmatization of the of cannabis, and again, more more um, more of a focus on ecom. I think that's kind of that's where things are heading. So understanding price now and how price sensitive uh, shoppers are today is super valuable. But I think as we look ahead to the future, where brands are able to develop that direct relationship with shoppers, I foresee price being less of a factor. However, there's always going to be price sensitive shoppers who are going to land on your menu and sort by price to just find the cheapest flower they can get. Do you see a huge push in kind of like, what was the book I was reading a while ago, but it talked about how Target knows more about their consumers than the consumers know about themselves, I guess is the best way to put it. I think they can tell if a females pregnant before they're actually, they know, I think was the, the, the headline that I read. Mm-hmm. And that all has to do with kind of the, the membership program. So in terms of aggregating consumer data on individuals, do you think that there's going to be a big push for dispensaries to develop those kind of membership programs to then customize the information that they're providing to individual consumers? Absolutely. So a lot of dispensaries already have, um, loyalty programs, which are tied to a unique email address. And they can see, okay, this email address has purchased XYZ uh, over the past 60, 90 days. So they're probably going to be interested in these new products that we're, we're bringing on board. So that you're absolutely right. That loyalty data, that, that um, membership data allows you to, to surface the right products for those uh, shoppers. There's still a manual element to it. You need to analyze that data and understand, okay, this is the bucket of people who are going to be interested in my new uh, drinkables line that we brought into the shop. While these are the people who are going to be interested in this luxury flower brand that we're working with now. So understanding what people are shopping for, what people have shopped for historically is absolutely going to inform what they shop for in the future. And again, to bring it back to e-com, as these, these e-com providers get more sophisticated, I wouldn't be shocked to see more personalization come to these menus. So if I'm a Drinkables fan in California, the, the products I see may end up being totally different from the products that you, Kellen, see if you're a big uh, flower guy. We're not there yet, but that is absolutely where I see the industry heading just as, as more transactions occur online. More, more data can be had and more uh, personalization can be born from it. 
Yeah, that's such a, that's such an exciting exciting uh, point, Ben. And I don't think that's one that uh, I think people who who go into a dispensary now kind of just take for granted because they're so used to having a personalized experience from more of a mature industry where, you know, just like you said, if I'm someone who, who really wants a specific type of edible, let's say like a two to one, and I go into a dispensary and they don't have it, how valuable would it be for a brand I've never heard of to position a similar product in front of me at that time when I'm going to purchase something, I'm there to purchase an item, I'm ready to make my decision and pull the trigger but there's not the one I want. So instead of not having an item to purchase, they make a recommendation and say, Hey, Bri, like based on your experience, we know you probably want these few items like here, take a peek. And that is, is in, in my mind, helpful in other minds, probably pretty uh, uncomfortable and intrusive as people recognize that understanding data and providing personalized data sets for make helping others make decisions. It's a huge step for the advancement of the industry. And I'm, I'm excited to see that kind of uh, take place. Absolutely. And there's, there's always been that sort of personalization in cannabis. However, that was the bud tender. The bud right. tenders would, uh, would greet a shopper. The shopper would look overwhelmed looking at the menu of 1,200 SKUs. And the bud tender would ask questions like, hey, what are you looking for? What's your, what's your tolerance level? What have you enjoyed in the past? What have you not liked? And they, in that moment, would be uh, putting all of this information, all these different data points into their sort of personalized uh, recommendation algorithm and spit out a couple recommendations to the, to the shopper. If, if, hold on a second, Ben, if you hope this person is acting in good faith, but in some aspects, they're not, right? They're saying, hey, like, I got pushed this brand and I was told to try and sell more of this. So everyone that comes in, no matter what they say, guess what? Guess what, Charlie, you're getting this brand because I'm pushing the shit out of this brand. So I, I wonder if the decisions and the influence of the bud tender, like you said, was always honest and forthcoming, or if there wasn't any sort of, you know, monetary guidance for making specific recommendations. Yeah, I think honestly, I want to just jump in there. That was, um, it still continues to be a huge prevalent issue, depending on how the states are. I know in Colorado, um, in order to have a dispensary, you needed to have, you had to be vertically integrated. And so the bud tenders in Colorado were strictly only pushing their products because it was from their company's grow that the dispensary was selling, right? So any other products in there, they want to they push it all. And so yeah, maybe data, totally, right? But so data maybe even levels the playing field. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. It, the, the dispensary experience is one that has a... I think we'll have a big opportunity for improvement from just a customer experience because, you know, while it's, it's really helpful to go into stores and make purchasing decisions, I'm going to make go out on a limb, which is probably not really a limb and say that most people don't really like going places anymore to buy products. It's like, I'm going to go online. I want to buy a product and I want you to send it to my house because that's what Amazon has made normal for me. And I probably want it the next day. So I, I wonder Ben, based on what you've said is, is, exactly the statement of the data is going to replace the bud tenders and that's probably inevitable. And the, the sooner dispensaries and others start operating with that understanding, probably the faster and the better they, they move into the next phase of the environment. Absolutely. And just sort of like the general direction of retail across industries is the in-store experience is going to be more about exactly that. It's going to be about the experience. Someone who just needs to purchase their toothpaste, purchase their, their edibles, 
they don't need to deal with the fluff of, of going in store and looking at all these displays and talking to a bud tender. They just want to click buy now and have it arrive at their door. And that's why we've seen such a shift towards curbside pickup and delivery in those markets where it's allowed, because that's how people shop outside of the cannabis industry. They like that experience and they want cannabis to catch up. Uh, so I definitely see things heading there. I don't think the in-store experience is ever going to disappear, sure. but I think it's going to, the, the, the use case of the in-store experience is going to change. It's going to be more of a, a fulfillment center or an education center where the folks who maybe are new to cannabis or are, say I'm traveling to an adult use market, I'm from a market that doesn't have cannabis going on a hike. Let me see what's going on. I talked to the bud tender. That's, that is still going to have its place. But for the vast majority of shoppers who are just kind of, they're regular users, they're making their purchase every three weeks. They don't need the in-store experience. They just want their, their products at their door. Yeah, I agree. And I think honestly, in-store experiences are going to move toward more towards like almost like a social outing, right? Like you see mm -hmm. it with like Citibank is turning their banks into coffee shops as well to try to like double down, right? You kind of see this in other industries as well as that like, you know, like you're going to end up going to a brick and mortar store not to shop, but to socialize with friends, have a, maybe a good experience where like, They've created a really cool ambiance and like something, some sort of environment that creates an activity for you while you do that, such as like you go to a smoking lounge to hang out with friends and then you could also buy some product there. It's not just a storefront where you go in as a traditional brick and mortar, right? So I could see a huge kind of paradigm shift from the whole, the quote unquote, shopping for necessities versus going out to have an experience and also purchasing a product while you're doing it. Absolutely. I'm not for sure if you guys are familiar with, with Planet 13 in Vegas, but... Yeah, it does, it does not close Planet 13. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly... Just in, case, just in case you were wondering, I'm not sure if, I, if that's an experience-based statement, but I would just say it's never closing. It never closes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that is exactly what I, ex well, maybe not exactly. That's a Vegas version of where I see the rest of the industry <laughs> heading. Cool. Ben, can you tell the, the good folks at home a little bit about your, your background and your experience specifically with cannabis? Absolutely. So uh, professionally, I work with, with brands and dispensaries on understanding their data and, and optimizing um, their, both their menu and their marketing initiatives. Um, Personally, I am, uh, I've, I've been involved with cannabis for, for about a decade. Uh, call it an amateur involvement, but I am, I am a patient in the New York market. Um, chronic pain, I have, I have TMJ, my, my jaw hurts. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a, a patient at Columbia Care Brooklyn. It's my, my go-to. Nice, nice. And it is prediction time. The year is 2024, since that's the year Kellen believes cannabis will be federally legal. We, mm -hmm. we, Kellen and I differ pretty aggressively on that year, but so that everyone can play in this prediction time, that's the year we'll go with. Okay. Tell us about the dispensary experience or the data experience. What does data do for users? How is data utilized from a customer experience or what do you hope the industry becomes utilizing data? Great question. 
I think cannabis is going to start to look more like these other industries um, that have are destigmatized and, and just kind of they're out there. Like why, why is cannabis any different than alcohol versus toothpaste? Again, to keep, I've been talking about toothpaste quite a bit today, but um, yeah, I, I foresee regulations becoming, uh, I guess, an eased regulations, right? There's a lot of sort of uh, regulations in place for these, these dispensaries and these brands. They can't really advertise and they can't really run a business the way these other industries can. Um, so I expect those regulations to be eased. Uh, it's going to be easier for these, these brands, these dispensaries to run a business. And I, again, I see the, the in-store experience will be just that. It'll be experience-based. Uh, whereas the online menu is where they're really going to be focused on that personalization, surfacing the right products to the right person at the right time, making sure you have the right inventory available based on what the consumers have told you, based on their searches, the filters they take place. And yeah, I, I expect I expect cannabis menus to look more like the Amazon menus that you see with, with sponsored products, product reviews. When was the last time you bought something on Amazon without reading a review first? And isn't it crazy that people put things in their body and smoke things and just consume things without knowing what a single other person's experience was like. And that's <laughs> something that's crazy to me and something I foresee changing um, by 2024. That's an excellent point. <laughs> I, I think that's a great point, Ben. And to think about that is, you know, you, you go into these dispensaries and the, the bud tender that you met seven and a half seconds ago is like, yeah, based on this menu that looks like it's completely overwhelming you, these are some of the products that I would recommend. And based on whatever he says, I'll probably make a decision near or around that because the experience is incredibly overwhelming. And I, I can only dream of an opportunity where I'm on my phone and I'm rating the cannabis and kind of the feelings it makes me feel. And it's providing me with recommendations of other products that it thinks I might like based on, you know, similar user profiles and my, and my personal preferences. And it's, it's going to be really exciting for all those people who, who consume cannabis and they ask this question and specifically my mom who goes, is this scary pot? Right. And, and I never want to have to tell her that it's, it, it is, or it isn't because like, I don't know how she's going to respond to that. And I, and I am excited for the opportunity where she can utilize cannabis for all of its benefits and not be fearful of that consuming. This is going to make her feel a certain way that she's really fearful of. And, I think with data comes this huge breakthrough of connecting users with products that'll be extremely beneficial and attractive to them that they just might not be aware of. And for some people that might be frightening for others like us who are a little more comfortable with the fact that data is helpful in providing you with recommendations, we're excited for that. And the industry has got a long way to go, but I think then with people like you entering the space and your background specifically, I think it's, it's, exciting for Callan and I to hear kind of exactly where you're going in the space and the, the type of direction it's moving towards, which I think will be extremely beneficial for the industry. Absolutely. And to jump in real quick, you mentioned something super interesting, uh, a use case for data that we haven't really touched on yet. The AB InBevs, the, the Miller Coors of the world, are they have their eye on cannabis in this industry and what's happening and will it be cannibalizing their sales? They are 
I would be stunned if they are not analyzing data to understand what is their opportunity in the space and how can they use data to develop products for shoppers. That is, and not just the AB InBevs of the world, even the, the existing cannabis industry uh, brands need to look at data. What are people looking for? What are people buying? And use that as a guide for their product roadmaps. What should we be developing for these people? Because that is absolutely a perfect use case for data. Absolutely. Kellen, final prediction? Um, I predict that you're going to see exactly that, but then I also think that the data is going to be utilized to provide really valuable, um, recommendations, but I think that I'm going to take it one step further. I think by that point, you're going to see potentially, um, a merge merging. I think it's probably the wrong word. Um, but you're going to see people take health and, uh, health data and, that kind of stuff, I think, and do correlations with their purchasing habits. And then you're also going to see, I think, tying like the chemical profile of some of these sativas or the indicas or the hybrids from a, a product standpoint in terms of the terpenes or other active chemicals there. I think you're going to see some, some companies start to try to pull correlations of consumers purchasing history with the type of chemicals that are in those products and then tie that to kind of their health habits, if you will. You can see that with Apple and the new Apple Watch and all the, the health data that they're aggregating associated with that. And so I, I could see that kind of being the next big step within the, within the space, just because the entourage effect is a real deal. You have the significant difference between a sativa and a hybrid and indica in terms of the consumer experience. And that's all directly tied to the chemicals and, um, so, so that's my prediction. I see, I see the correlation between health data and the chemical profile of these products uh, being closely mirrored. That's a gonna great shout. Going to need a lot of scientific research into understanding exactly how that works. Hey, Kevin? I mean, is science really a thing, though? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> cool. Well, Ben, we appreciate you taking the time and look forward to kind of catching up with you, you know, a little, little while from now and, and hearing more about what's going on in your neck of the world. Same here, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for time, Ben. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.